Hi, everybody, and welcome back. Um, today, I have my sister, Esty, here. Esty Gaisinski, our baby sister. She's the youngest um, girl of us all. Um, and uh, she has been um, a great support to me, I will say, from the beginning of my journey. When I, when I became a Nurtured Heart Approach trainer, I was um, looking for people that I could practice teaching, that I could uh, practice my workshops on. And she was there. And then I needed rent a crowd sometimes because I'd put out a workshop and I'd have like one person sign up and I'm like, ah, I need people. She was there. Um, so Esty is very well informed um, in Nurtured Heart, besides the fact that, um, as you will hear momentarily, she uses Nurtured Heart in her life um, whenever she can, definitely with my kids, which I appreciate very much. <laughs> it's definitely their favorite aunt. Um, so. I thought it would be fun to hear from you, Esty, um, as a non-nurtured heart approach trainer and as a non-mom yet, um, <laughs> to hear about like what it is about nurtured heart that you like and that you relate to and that um, kind of um, resonates with you. Um, and also I'm curious to hear about um, how um, you have found ways to use this just in your life without like not in your own family um i think like the overall since i've never officially i mean i've listened to your trainings when you were first starting off and all that but i never officially like learned it in a way that i was like how can i implement this in my life because i wasn't coming from being a mom or dealing with kids on a daily basis um i think like the overall impact seeing it in our family first of all like the transformation in our family and my siblings having this gift in their lives is definitely like amazing to see. Um, and I think one thing that, one thing that stands out, first of all, that I think I learned through Nurtured Heart Approach is I guess like to not be afraid of kids, which is what I was going to say is um, kind of how it, like part of how I use it in my life is that seeing like knowing how you guys how you interact with your kids or other siblings interact with their kids using it even just in that way it like it helps me be able to show up as an adult in the kids lives because there's no fear <laughs> it's just like kids are humans we're all you know it just it i guess that that shift um definitely helped me just interacting with the kids that i that i do have in my life or i've ever needed to like be in charge of or watch um, the other thing specifically about Nurture Heart Approach that always stood out to me. Stop you on that? Sure. <laughs> more about that, and we may have to do another recording to discuss other things. Um, I want to hear more about that. Like, if you could walk us through, like, kind of the before and after. What does that fear look like? Because I think that's something that is very relatable. Oh, my gosh. And it doesn't matter if you're a mother, a teacher, or just a random person or like, I know you give haircuts and maybe you'll talk about that. I don't know, but you give haircuts to kids a lot. Um, it's going to be very valuable to people listening. So what is that? What did it, what's the shift from what to what? And why? Um, yeah, sure. So um, I definitely think that when, I mean, I'm not a mom, I don't, I've never experienced this with my own kids, but maybe even more so when it's not your own kids, I don't know. Can't speak, I can't uh, compare it, but um, the feeling like you have to do the right thing 
um, when I'm watching someone else's kids and it's like, they're trusting me with these kids. So that's why I think maybe it's more for me if it's not my kids, but maybe it's more if it is your kids. I don't know. Um, and the like uncertainty of like kids are, all kids are different. All kids are unpredictable. Um, and when it's, when you're taking responsibility for that, then when things aren't going, like you don't feel like you have perfect control over the situation or kids are acting out or kids are, you know, I definitely used to feel fear in that. Like, how do I quickly get this back under control? Or if I was, you know, even maybe in, in your house or one of my siblings' houses and, and playing with the kids and the kid acting out and the fear of like, oh no, some, what if they watch in, walk in right now and watch me, you know, with this kid and they'll be like, she doesn't know what she's doing. She can't, you know, control the kids or whatever. Um, so I guess the, the fear there is definitely like in trying to like thinking that maintaining control at all times is the right way, is what you need to do. Um, and I actually remember like back in the beginning of learning about nurture heart approach that I was, I had this babysitting job and I remember that was the first experience where I ever reached out to you and I was like, can you help me with this, these kids that I was watching. Um, and I definitely had a lot of fear there because this was a job. I wanted the mother to feel like I was doing a good job with her kids. And one of, one of the kids that I was watching, he enjoyed doing the opposite of what he was supposed to be doing. And, you know, like being in public with someone else's kid and they're refusing to get in the stroller, refusing to walk. There's a lot of like, everyone's watching me and I'm, I'm failing at this. Um, and that was, I think, the first time I ever got to experience like with an actual child in an actual situation where I could um, change that over. And what the change is, is like, first of all, it doesn't have to be about you. <laughs> it doesn't have to be about like you doing the perfect thing right now in this in this moment. Um, for me, that'll be like taking a breath and being like, what's actually going on here? Um, and I like definitely value seeing like kids are people. I think kids are beautiful. <laughs> and um, to be able to, in every situation, be like, what's going on in their head? What's really like the bigger picture here? What, what am I actually, where, where can I actually be helpful instead of what do I feel like I need to do quickly to make it look like I got this under control? Um, it's definitely helped me be able to then just show up with a kid. And it also helps deescalate a situation when I don't freak out when a kid is, is having a hard time because I stay calm and then, <laughs> you know, like it, it doesn't have to get bigger than it already is. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it's, it's helped <laughs> me just be able to be like, yeah, sure. You know, I love, I love these kids. I can hang out with them anytime, even if, even if it's dysfunctional <laughs> or feels dysfunctional. So to like reframe or recap the, the permission to not have to have it under control, um, allowed you to move from a place of fear and almost like, um, um, like desperate control, like, ah, you know, that, that frenzied anxious, like reactivity to a place of being able to be in sounds like empathy and respect and connection with the beautiful beings that the kids actually are. Yeah. 
which is a gift to me also. <laughs> Tell me more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just like what I was saying about how I think kids are so incredible and so beautiful and like me not not being um, like too consumed with being the adult and instead just showing up and having connection. Like I love having a connection with these kids. Like they're beautiful people. I love knowing them and definitely like being able to just connect as humans is what allows me to, to feel connected. <laughs> so how else do you see this or do you see this um, in the way you're able to connect also with your clients or you're saying other kids besides for family, like how does this play out? Like walk us through that. Um, yeah. So well, you mentioned that I give haircuts. So that is one way that I pretty regularly interact with sometimes very young children. Um, sometimes it's the first time ever getting a haircut, which I mean, I don't remember my first time getting a haircut, but it's pretty like normal thing. I, I think it's, um, what's the word? <laughs> like you're allowed to be afraid of that. Like it's <laughs> when you're a little kid and you know, this is like a, a first experience for you. Um, and a lot of times kids just, you know, they don't want this. They're being dragged in by the parent for their haircut. Um, so there are there are certain situations where I'll I'll be like super hyper focused on like nurtured heart approach, but what should I do in this situation? Um, but other times, even if I'm not, you know, like using recognitions or it's it's just the, what I was talking about, not being afraid. That like if a kid comes in with their parent and is afraid to get the haircut. I think that in the past, before learning all of this, I probably would have been like, I'm going to fail at this. I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to get this kid to to get a haircut. It's going to not work out. It's going to, you know, how can I fix a situation? The hair is not going to be even. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, sometimes the hair isn't even when this happens, <laughs> but we just do our best. <laughs> um, but in, or instead it's, you know, it's just understanding, like, I don't know this kid. Usually I don't know them at all. And they walk in and they're afraid and just, that's okay. Realizing that, you know, I've told many kids, I can see that you're scared. You know, a lot of, a lot of people when they come in here for their haircuts are scared and, you know, sometimes they cry and I say, it's okay. A lot of people cry when they're scared. You're crying because you're scared and you're still so brave. You're sitting in this chair and letting me give you a haircut. Um, which I think is also, it's an interesting thing that people sometimes are afraid to maybe recognize that like they're sitting in the chair, they're getting the haircut because it was a non-negotiable that, that the parent needed them to get a haircut. But like, they're still sitting there. They're not <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not forcibly tying them down to their chair. I'm not forcing them, you know, so just because they're afraid, just because they're crying, like they're human, that's fine. And um, usually I see a shift when I, when I even just say that, like, you're afraid. A lot of people are afraid. They just, they kind of like melt because it's just all they needed is like, it's to just it be for it to be okay. Um, and that definitely yeah. like, that helps me a lot. <laughs> Even, you know, it's, it's on the one hand, I just want to be a human to these people to give them to these kids to give them a good experience with the haircut it doesn't have to be traumatizing. But also in the long run, it, it helps me because I do actually get to give haircuts better <laughs> through doing this. 
Yeah. And I think that is exactly what you were saying before that when a kid is, uh, when you're, when you're um, focused on control and fear and how is this going to work? And am I going to be able to get this kid to listen? Then it's just every, every cry they make and every move they make is evidence of that versus where you're okay with it and seeing them as human and seeing them as beautiful. And it makes sense that they're scared. I, what I hear you just heard you just describe is this ability to then notice that, Hey, even though they're scared, they're sitting here and they are Mm -hmm. getting their haircut. And then that, like you said, calms them down. That's so beautiful and powerful. So the, the second thing that always struck me from nurture how to approach that just kind of clicked in my head from listening to your courses and thinking about it, um, was the difference between recognition and praise. Um, praise being, you know, like words that are praising like an external thing about a person, something that they've accomplished or something that they've done versus recognition being recognizing an actual goodness in the person. Um, That's something that kind of struck me because I was a person who received plenty of praise in my life and it always, it kind of felt empty. Um, And what it ended up doing was it did kind of push me to run after that praise, but it also at the same time wasn't really giving me what I wanted. So it was like from, I guess, a lack of believing in myself, I would try to keep outputting the things that people were praising me for, but then I would just would keep going on that cycle because I didn't really feel seen by that. I didn't really feel like it wasn't really helping what was going on inside me. Um, so hearing this energy approach of like, you know, this is a way that we can really see kids. Like I was, I heard that and I was like, I was the kid who, who wanted that, who would have really like appreciated that and gained from it. Could you give an example of what might be praised versus recognition? Like maybe something you did or something you were praised for that didn't feel, it sounds like seeing to you. Um, yeah. So I think, I think for me, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily about the actual words being used. It was more that it started from me doing a lot of things, working very hard to, to do everything so-called perfectly, um, being good at everything. And that would, that gave me a lot of praise. Um, but what it would end up doing was it, it made me chase, like it was the only thing that I was really getting was, was praise for the perfection. So, so-called perfection that I was accomplishing and all, all the things that I was producing and all the things I was being good at. So it basically, I internalized this message that in order to get any sort of connection or any sort of feeling valued in the world, was by continuing this level of perfection or producing or, um, you know, just like being, being good at everything I ever tried to be, to do. Um, and, and that was because I didn't really, I, I didn't really feel seen for who I was. So I didn't want to show up as who I was. I wanted to continue to never miss a step. Um, so yeah, I guess that's how it, it kind of accomplished the opposite of what 
me really being seen would have accomplished. Hmm. So it's not, it's not so much that you, it's not so much that they were complimenting the things you did. That's not bad or wrong. It's just that since that was the only recognition you got versus getting seen for like nurtured heart, we talk about our intention is to build that inner wealth. Our intention is to have the person recognize their greatness and see themselves as a person who's great. It's not about what they do, even though we do recognize what they do as well. But the, the sense is to have them have, get this understanding of, of how much they offer to the world just by being them and in every opportunity possible that, um, that was missing because it was just about what you were doing. It was only when you performed at a certain level of perfection that then you were seen, which made it feel like you aren't what's important. It's your perfection that's what's important. And if you want to be valued in the world, then it needs to be at that level of, it needs to be about you performing at that level of perfection, which made you feel less like being yourself and more like working yourself to be even more perfect, which sounds and yes, like a lot of um, pressure for a person to feel. How did that work for you to live your life under that pressure and stress? I mean, I guess the answer is it didn't really. <laughs> Um, I just, I never really, <laughs> I never really saw another option. Um, and even when I was in high school, I remember a couple of times people being like, are you so good at everything? And that, that would like make a, a pit in my stomach. Like I, I, I hated hearing that because I was like, I was almost frustrated at the world for not getting the point that I was like. I don't want you to say I'm good at everything. I want you to look at me and see a good person. And and I had I couldn't even communicate that because I didn't realize, but it just it just like it struck me the wrong way. I was like, that's not the point here. I'm doing all of that and trying to be good at everything just to be good enough. <laughs> um, which is it's a shame. Um, and I also, you know, I've had I had people sorry. <laughs> I interrupted you. I, I thought I had a, a moment there, but um, <laughs> it's so fascinating to me what you're saying because um, the the recognition of what you did, had you felt seen and valued as a person, would have actually been really valuable feedback. That at the, it sounds like from what you said before, you appreciate when people recognize you, right? Like yeah. And, yeah. and appreciate the things you you do and did and, and how good you are at it. Right. And yet you couldn't even receive that. You couldn't even take that in because since it was only about your productivity and your productivity didn't feel like who you really were, that isn't who you really are. Um, it actually just reinforced the fact that the world doesn't care about you and that the world only wants your productivity and perfection. So it's, what's so fascinating about that is that the praise that people thought they were giving you as kindness and love and and support and validation actually was having the exact opposite effect and landing on you, where you were actually yeah. feeling rejected, um, invisible, unloved, un, unseen. Like the very good words were actually negative, which is a fascinating thing for us all nurtured heart people out there to reflect on when giving recognitions to our kids that their 
rejection of our recognition or their sense of um, resistance to it, you know, what is that? Leaning into that energetically and asking ourselves, you know, are we seeing them? Um, because what I'm hearing that's so fascinating and important, I feel like this is a huge epiphany, is <laughs> that when a recognition does not see the person that you're recognizing, not only does it not serve the purpose of building inner wealth, but it actually serves the purpose of reinforcing the belief that they aren't important to the world. Like, ouch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is really powerful. <laughs> so I want to ask you, Esty, as a teaser for our audience, um, because we're going to have to do a part two here because this has actually <laughs> been amazing, uh, but I want to wrap up. So this is, um, so this can be, uh, in respect for our audience's attention span. So do you, would you say that you still feel on a day-to-day -day basis the stress and pe pressure of being perfect and that when people recognize you or give you the compliment about the haircut or the event planning that you did, or by the way, Esty is like the woman of all talents. She's a music producer and an event planner and a haircut person and puts out these amazing, I can't even say it, charcuterie boards. I don't even know <laughs> Um, anyway, she's incredible. But when I say that, right, do you still resist? Or I see you smiling right now. Are you able to take it in? Like, it, has there been a transformation? And this is just the teaser, really, because we're going to have to discuss this more in part two. Um, yeah, no, thank you. That's very nice. <laughs> um, I, I definitely, there's a transformation because when I came to the point where I realized that who I am is enough and I am appreciated and appreciate myself for just who I am without all the other things that I enjoy doing. Then the fact that I do like, you know, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I enjoy like doing it well is just like a turn on top. Like that's, it's great. I can, I have so much I want to offer to the world. And when people see that and recognize that, it's like, great, thanks. It's not a threat. <laughs> So definitely big change. Yeah. So when the inner wealth is there, yeah. So when the inner wealth is there, then the any level of praise, recognition, whatever you want to call it, just enhances the inner worth, the inner worth, the inner wealth that's already there, the self worth that's already there, and supports it instead of um, creating even more resistance. So if you want to hear more about Esty's transformation, you will have to come back next time. Esty, thank you so much for um, sharing your connection and experience with Nurture Heart Approach. I know that this is very valuable to our listeners. Until next time, see you.